0: Beyond and hello. Beyond and hello to everyone out there. I've got one final poem for you all to share. Oh, 2020 has sucked. There's no other way to describe a year full of pain, hurt and sadness I would not betray. But in spite of it all, in spite of this damn year, recording beyond has always brought me cheer. To Lucy, Brian and Max, thanks for sticking with me to the end of this year. You're my co-hosts, my co-workers, but most importantly, my friends. To our guests, you made beyond better in all that you brought. From new insight, fresh goofs, and new perspectives, I treasured your every thought. To our viewers and listeners, thank you for supporting our show. We make this for you, and it warms my heart to know that you'd welcome us in and share despite how hard, a bit of your lives with each funny, sad, weird, wonderful memory card. To our producer, Red, and our guest producers, too, you keep the show running. We simply couldn't do it without you. 2020 was tough. I don't need to tell you that. But in spite of it all, I got to spend it with you. Okay, give me a pass on that one. I I was going to rhyme you with you, and it didn't work, so I added that. It's not great. Anyway, (laughs) there's no denying. There were so many great games to play, though, from reuniting with Ellie and meeting Abby to learning to make games the Media Molecule way. From visiting Tsushima, Midgar, and many other places to hanging with Sackboy and Astro, it was great to see old faces. And swinging through the city as Miles was pure joy... While dying in Demon's Souls, well, I've had a lot of fun, but oh boy, I'm, I'm really bad <laughs> at that game. Uh, the PS5 is here, and the PS4 has got life left too. PlayStation brought a lot of joy to me, and I hope to you. So as we close out the year, one of which I'm not fond, I'm thankful for all of you and this family we call Beyond. Beyond hey! and Hello, everyone. IBM's PlayStation podcast, podcast podcast Beyond episode 681. I'm your host, Jonathan Dornbusch. That was my last poem for the year. I wrote it 20 minutes before the show. So apologies for the terrible rhymes. But I'm joined this week by much better people than I have rhymes. I'm joined this week by Lucy O'Brien.
1: I loved your rhymes. I loved your rhymes a lot, Dornbusch. <laughs> also joined your this week. Your poems have been a delight.
0: I'm, ha- I'm happy to bring some terrible, terrible poetry into this world this year. Uh, also joined this week by Max Goville.
2: That was, a, that was a real epic. It was a Gilgamesh, <laughs> it was, as it were.
0: It'll, it'll be the final poem in my, my book of unpublished poems at some point. Uh, and we're also joined this week, of course, by Brian Altano.
3: I, I thought that I was listening to Jay Z for a minute. That's how impressive that was. There was a, I was like, "Is this a new Jay Z song?" That's very good.
0: <laughs> he, he, he does consult with me on every effort, uh, every <laughs> album, so it makes sense. Um, there was a
3: couple of moments during that where Lucy and I were just kind of like, "Where is this rhyme going?" Was like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was my hope. That was definitely well. A that's hope. a roller coaster. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you all for joining us for this week. Uh, this is our last fully recorded episode uh, of the year to to pull back the curtain a little bit. We uh, were pre-recording this uh, the week before. So if PlayStation decides to announce some things at the end of the year, because why not? We won't be able to cover that until 2021. So please forgive us.
1: Uh, Thank God.
0: <laughs> we're, yeah, we're gonna have some time off before that. Um, but I figured we could spend this episode uh alluding to in my poem, sort of looking back at the great stuff that actually did come out of PlayStation, despite how terrible of a year it was. Uh before we do get to all of that, though, I did briefly want to mention, of course, since this episode is live, and Lucy, correct me if I'm wrong, but our uh best of excuse me awards are live, correct? The 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 winners should be live by this point
1: okay wait like let's just not pretend when is this going up when uh, is next wednesday ago? oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so our, our winners have been announced yes Cool. so okay. we know who won
0: Good. Excellent. Yeah, we, we know who won. And uh, obviously the, all the nominees were out there previously. I did. I did want to say, um, of course, uh, despite a PlayStation game, not winning game of the year, it did go to Hades. Uh, but despite a PlayStation game, not winning a game of the year. What a just fantastic showing for PlayStation games this year. I at least three, I think, PlayStation exclusives were nominated for game of the year. Uh, they won exclusives won in most like a lot of the categories. Last of Us Part Two was the most winning game.
1: It was Yeah, a- Last of Us Passed part two We picked up seven awards, which is the most awarded game from us this year.
0: Yeah, and uh, Ghost of Tsushima won Best Art Direction. We gave awards, I believe, to the DualSense. Uh, Last of Us, was some of its awards included uh, the Accessibility Award that we had um, this year, which was an awesome addition to our lineup of awards. Just a really great year for PlayStation games, I think, even if one of them didn't win uh, Game of the Year from IGN. It's still a pretty damn fantastic year of games. Um, Got runner-up, got runner-up. Yes. Yeah, that's (laughs) very true. Um, And I do, of course, uh, want us to look back at all of the games that came out this year, but I thought it would be silly not to start, of course, with the the biggest topic that was this year uh, with PlayStation. That's, of course, the PlayStation five of it all. Um, I was looking back at our old episodes and we started this year. We started this year not knowing the name of the console not knowing when it, if yeah. it was We had a hunch. It was such a mystery. We did.
1: It was such a mystery. Yeah. We were so in the dark.
0: It's just so funny that that wasn't a confirmed thing at the beginning of this year. Yeah, true. true. Um, it, you know, it, we started the year with the January CES reveal of the name of the PlayStation 5. Uh, I think still one of our most popular news stories of the year. Um, we... You know, it it took a there was definitely a slow roll in the the first half of this year uh, when it came to the name reveal and then Mark Cerny's tech talk uh, at what would have been GDC. Essentially, Uh, we got the DualSense revealed on a blog post on uh, the PlayStation blog and then finally a reveal of PlayStation 5 in June. But so for the first half of the year of this launch year, we essentially knew nothing. Uh and, and so like looking back at it obviously I think we talked a lot on the show of like man I can't wait till we have things to talk about and then we finally did and it was wonderful but sort of looking back on this year I'm just curious about how you all feel now in retrospect of the rollout um you know obviously covid notwithstanding and how that affected their plans we cannot speak to um obviously it impacted everyone in the industry but it it definitely for the first half of the year it was it was weirdly quiet and we we were definitely spinning our wheels on the ps5 <laughs> um I,
3: I think it's hilarious ahead. that like you just a second ago were like you know um if there's any news that breaks in the next few weeks we won't be there to cover it and we're all like oh i hope there's no news we spent most of this year being like where is the news and now we're like please stop pump the brakes we're good we have the games yeah. we have everything we need yeah i mean it's um it was a in retrospect like uh, we got everything we wanted and more, right. We got, we got an awesome console. We got a great launch. Um, we got tons of great games. Uh, you know, it was obviously not, it was n- not the smoothest launch. You know, there's tons of people out there still just tr- struggling to get a console. It's a lot, obviously a lot of issues with it. Um, but to go that long with no news, and then just to have the console now out in the wild, air quotes, uh, is is really awesome, and it almost makes me feel stupid for uh, not trusting them. But that's part of our job, right? Is to be like, you know, kind of turning the screws a little bit and being like, Where, where's the info? But yeah, it was, what a weird year. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's definitely it's definitely felt, and i I've. I've... I sort of said this before, and I've used this metaphor before, so I'm sorry if it's tired, but like, I do feel that the whole rollout of PS5 was like kind of being shoved down a hill. Like you never knew which bump you were going to be launched off. You never knew when it was just kind of like a gradual slope. It was just, there was no regular cadence. It was very erratic. It was very strange. Um, I can't imagine that this was exactly what, uh, Sony had planned from from day dot. Um, I can't imagine what went on behind the scenes uh, to make the rollout uh, roll out as it did. Um, but, you know, Altano's right. At, at the end of it all... It, it Sony delivered. We got a fantastic console. The launch lineup is, is great. It's been a great year for PlayStation. Uh, it's just been a very different year for the way that all of this, what should have been one of the biggest years for PlayStation in terms of marketing and, and like fireworks and pizzazz. Um, it was kind of muted and, and, and very all over the show. Um, ultimately it doesn't matter. It was just a very strange year.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think anything went according to plan this year, really on any level, but I, there was definitely a point where I was like, are we going to, Are is this console generation going to get postponed? Is it going to get pushed? Like, and, you know, it was a completely unconventional rollout because normally there are things like, you know, like GDC Uh, Like an actual GDC, not just a fake GDC that Mark Cerny held privately in a conference room somewhere with cutout people or whatever. Uh, And you know, we would normally have you know E3 and and you know maybe uh, maybe PSX or you know Gamescom or whatever. And there was none of those things, so like there was no there was no real roadmap. And you know, Sony was like incredibly quiet until they weren't, and then they would come out swinging with some big surprises. And I don't know. I mean, that whole PS5 like reveal stream. I think it was that one where we saw all the games and like, I feel like there's stuff in there that we, we aren't even talking about still because it's like, there's we're so sort of inundated with like different topics to discuss. Um Yeah. It's, I mean, it's exciting. I'm, I'm pretty, I, there was definitely the PS5 was definitely kind of a, a light at the end of the tunnel in a lot of ways to be like, just looking forward to this cool new thing. And yeah, I've been playing a lot of games since that came out and that's fun. Like it's a good, it's good to kind of just have, it's fun to talk about video games with your friends on a podcast, but it's also really fun to play them, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely not been I'm I'm totally with you. I feel like I've I've absolutely been playing more games since the PS5 came out, even though this wasn't like a quiet release year, like I was playing a lot, but it just feels like and I think some of that is owed to obviously like the speed of the console and like the new bells and whistles that it did bring. But yeah, it, it was so funny to I I think that June showcase was the first time where it felt like next gen was happening because I, I totally agree with you guys like it did it did feel like for a while i did wonder are we gonna move mm-hmm. the consoles like we talked about it on the show quite a bit like we'd be okay if you postpone a year like we understand that would be all right um and obviously that didn't happen the consoles still came out uh, and a lot of great games mm-hmm. alongside them but it yeah it was this very strange just months of silence at the beginning of the year. Um, And it's funny to me that like after obviously uh, Sony pulled out of E3 last year and there was no E3 this year, but at the end of the day, they were the ones with the biggest like early June showcase out of anyone um and really went all out like max are totally right there there are games that were shown off in that showcase that are, are probably years away but just like really big interesting stuff everything from like uh indies like little devil inside to project athia from square enix which seems like possibly their next big bet as a franchise like there's a lot of really big awesome stuff to come that was 16 that's that yeah. i that's the
2: number yeah mm-hmm. yeah 16 mm-hmm that's yeah. Wild, there's another horizon, uh, I there's actually another god, of about that. right? Yeah, 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 and then there's that one that's like it's not, it, it's like a project title, like what it's, I think, it's square. Accurate, yeah, yeah, is that the one? Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is, yeah,
0: and then there was, um, oh, the one from Capcom of like the the spaceman and like the the city. I'm gonna look it up. I don't remember. This was like another one of those. I thought this was gonna be a project that we may or may not see in like 10 years, kind of like deep down, um, <laughs> but it. It was a very strange, like continuous, uh, I I think, Lucy, the the analogy of the hill really describes it as like we we were going and like things were going to keep happening. We just didn't know when. And then eventually something would pop up and it would be either huge or like a big question mark. But um, I think that June and that September showcase were really like the pillars of the PlayStation 5 rollout this year, which is very different from how we've experienced consoles in the past. Like, Brian, you were saying we none of us played the PS5 before we got PS5s. Yeah, yeah. which is crazy. Like that it's, you know, it was exciting. It was incredibly exciting to be able to play it for the first time, but it was one of those funny things where it was like, I, we weren't able to tell the audience at home what these things were like before they, you know, were expecting them in the mail.
2: Oh yeah. I forgot about it. Mm-hmm. I, I had a whole weird thing where I didn't like the first time I held a, a dual sense was in my house.
1: Yeah. Uh, same. But
2: it was, I was, it was weird because I was, I had all this like expectation for it. I was like, this is going to be so crazy to touch it. And I was like setting up, the ps5 and i was like pulling stuff out and i like i had the controller in my hand and i think i like walked into the other room to grab like an hdmi cable or something and then i like looked down i was like oh i'm holding it mm-hmm. and i just it was <laughs> yeah. this weird like oh surprise you're here this is yeah. this is you and i'm like this is weird it feels like an xbox controller but okay you know <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it,
3: it, yeah I when, when mine, same deal when mine showed up, I was just, I didn't even have a console yet. It's just like they were shipping accessories early. And that was the first time that things actually really felt real to me. Because everything has been on screens this year. Everything. Mm-hmm. Nothing has been face-to-face. I haven't seen, like Lucy, I saw you like eight months ago. You handed me a briefcase with a, a video capture kit in it. Max, I've seen you like two or three times. Jonathan, you could be a hologram. I don't even know anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and that was the first time I was like, this is a physical, tangible thing in my hands for the very first time. Like, Jonathan, you and I, you talked about this before. We we did like a very heartfelt one-on-one episode of this show back when the pandemic really, really hit in like March or April. And we talked about how like sort of like weird and guilty we felt about even being excited for video games in the face of yeah. everything else. And something happened this year where despite everything being terrible video games had a phenomenal year the like the, mm-hmm. the creativity the industry the artistry behind it just how fun everything was the amount of releases and i think part of that was going to happen either way this was a sort of a swan song year for consoles and new consoles coming out but i think another part of it too is that there was this sort of like um appreciation for games as a medium this year that rang true with, with people outside of just, you know, the, the inner circle, you know, people, the hardcore game, you know, gamers and fans and stuff like that. I think people for the very first time were just kind of like really paying attention to this medium as something that they could use for escapism and for fun and for optimism and for something to tap into that, you know, since they couldn't go to movie theaters and there weren't tons of new uh, like experiences and vacations to go on we suddenly had this medium that was constantly putting out incredible wondrous things and we were there to to play them and like i will always always be grateful for that i will like i will never be able to disconnect those two universes in my brain from like terrible miserable nightmare world outside to wow, things are like, I'm in, you know, I'm in Japan in Ghost of Tsushima. I'm, I'm mm. you know, I'm, I'm hiding out in, in like a warehouse in The Last of Us. And I'm, you know, I have one bullet left. Like there's, there are so many great experiences this year.
1: Yeah. They felt like more than any other year, they, they felt so vital and mm-hmm. we're so lucky to have had them. I look back on my year and I played so many games this year because like we've needed escapism more than anything. I don't know about you guys, but like, I found it really hard to kind of in my spare time indulge in anything that's not pure escapism. Like, yeah. you know, I, I had all these grand plans for, you know, getting playing like learning guitar for getting into like short story writing, all of these things just fell by the wayside because this year has been so stressful and hellish and um, video games have been just such a important escape and release for me Mm -hmm. and you know it could have been it could have been other things you know escapism comes in many forms and i'm I'm pleased that it was such a great year for video games because i feel like i've not only sort of been able to have that release you know after my work day is over but like with such an extraordinary lineup of fantastic games not just on the playstation i mean look at the impact of of animal crossing for example you know like that has been a worldwide phenomenon and in, in no little part because of the pandemic. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's been a great year, but I, I think this year more than anything, I'm grateful that we have had these games for us, <laughs> there for us. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it was it's really interesting to see, the you know, like mentioning Animal Crossing, I think on the Microsoft side as well, like a flight sim. Obviously, that's on PC right now only, but like that also allowed a different type of escapism for a thing most people can't or shouldn't right. be doing right now. Um, and then, yeah, just like the incredible lineup of games. It was for me a, a thing that I it, during the beginning of the pandemic, I could only watch happy things because it Same. was just like thinking about there were a lot of like serious shows that i could watch on netflix or hbr or whatever but like i didn't want to do that but even a serious game i was able to like something like the last of us or even ghost to a certain extent like i was able to um get into those and really immerse myself because of the connection that a game allows you versus passively watching something and it was yeah it, it was as you said lucy like vital this year mm-hmm. in a way that it 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 helped manage the just onslaught of misery outside of the video game bubble
3: in uh, a way. That's and, incredible. And gave us stuff to look forward to, too, you know?
2: No, I think even on like a sort of casual side of things, like people outside of the sort of gaming sphere, um, you know, I think there's this kind of conception of games, even aside from the sort of mom hates them stereotype of there being like, you know, too violent or whatever. But I think, you know, some people are like, oh, those are for kids or oh, those are, you know, it's like it's if you want to do something social why not just go socialize with people or if you want to like you know you if you want to play sports go play sports like you you know that whole idea of like video games are a waste of time and it's like we're in a year where wasting time was kind of something a lot of people needed you know and to do it in a in a remote and safe way is like that's that's kind of huge and i feel like it was they, they definitely got like you know they got some validation there and you know, in the same way that like, you know, you can't, you can't go to the movies. So like you can't go on an airplane, you can't travel. So what's the harm in, you know, staying home, like go, you know, go, like I I watched a handful of family members kind of get back into gaming who typically don't, and they were hitting me up and being like, what should I get on switch? And I'm like, I mean, you should get a PlayStation. And it's, I mean, it's, it's cool. And like, it really is. I've always sort of really enjoyed games as a sense of place you know, and I think people like them for different reasons. Some people like the challenge and some people like, you know, the story. And I like, I really like them in a sense of like going somewhere and that sort of virtual, virtual tourism. And, you know, this was, you know, going to, going to Japan in various time periods and and formats. And then, I mean, I had a, a weird thing where really early on in the pandemic, I like, I went, I don't like, I don't really play GTA online. Like I don't really mess with it too much, but a buddy of mine is like, he's just his kind of his guilty pleasure and he'll just like go in there and get really high and like, you know, spend 20 bucks on a yacht or whatever. And like, we, we hung out in that game and he's like, Hey, want to like want to go drive around on my James Bond car, we can go fly my helicopter to my yacht. Like I have a nightclub and we like went to his nightclub and we're hanging out in like our weird avatars and we're, you know, talking over FaceTime or whatever. And we just wound up like doing shots in real life and in the game. And we're just like, like we're, ha- we're going clubbing in a virtual environment and like, that's some, like that is some science fiction right there. The mm. fact that that's a situation, and it, you know, and it wasn't like it, you know, it wasn't in sort of this, I have internet friends kind of way. It was like, I have real friends in real life, but like for really weird circumstances, I can't just go hang out with them normally. So like, let's use video games as a means to make that happen.
3: Yeah, yeah I mean, like Dorn- Dornbush and I talked about this, but uh like going to New York City at Christmas time in Miles Morales was like, the like the second that game sort of let lets you take over control of your character and you're swinging through the city i just i almost had to like put the controller down because i just got goosebumps and i just Mm. got overwhelmed with like this weird emotion of being like oh man like the last time i traveled was to go to my brother's wedding in new york right the day after christmas and i'm like this there's all like that was the last time i've seen my family on the east coast i just got all of this like like this rush. And then I was like, oh, but they made a Miles Morales game. This rules. Like there were layers to it, you know, it was, it was super like just, it was just wonderful. It felt, it felt like, it felt like the perfect way to sort of end a year, you know? Yeah. A bad and, year.
0: Yeah. No, it, it was absolutely the same for me. I know we've talked about it on the show, but yeah, it, it's like, all of my memories of New York, I always eventually end up back at like New York at Christmas time because it is just like the cliched version of New York that you think of. Uh, I think of when. You probably see it in movies or TV or when like tourists think of going to New York and it is such a like wonderful, magical time of year. And to be able to swing around it for, you know, 30 plus hours and I'm going to go back over the next couple of weeks, like just last night, I think I was watching something set in New York and I was like, oh, yeah, I can just go visit a virtual version of it right now, Uh, you know, while feeling homesick like it it was that incredible um, salve on such a terrible year to be able to go to these places and to be able to get lost in them. And yeah, like Max, you were saying with GTA Online, like people, I used Fortnite to hang out with friends a lot. Like people were using Animal Crossing to celebrate graduations and birthdays. Like it was on a different level that I totally agree that I think mainstream awareness of it went a lot beyond the cliches that we often have to deal with of like, these games are dangerous or violent. And it was just like, a, no, they're the, they're the thing that's kind of saving our like mental health in a lot of ways this year.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, I stepped up. It's, it's awesome. Like it makes me really happy. And it's, it's sort of, I don't know this is, we all have, we have careers in games and we love games and like, it's, there's always that sort of imposter syndrome or that sort of, um, you know, inferiority complex that comes with that because they've always been sort of treated like this bastard adolescent medium. And like to sort of, I mean, I know it's a, it's a touchy subject because it's, it's politicians, but like uh, AOC and Ilhan Omar playing among us on Twitch is like, 100%. that is such a wonderful change of pace, like regardless of politics to see them doing that. And like, to, we, we grew up with like Fred Thompson trying to ban GTA, you know, like it was always mm-hmm. just like Congressmen be like, they shouldn't sell video games that you can, you can almost have sex in this game, ban it, you know, like mass effect lets you kiss people. It should, people should be in jail for playing. And it's like, Leave it alone, you know, like play the play the games. It's fine. You know, it's it's just it's so cool to see that just kind of normalized and just accept And also like, yeah, video games are video games are awesome. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that that moment, too, in particular, and and like the way that games like Among Us, like Among Us is a several years old game. And I know it's not on PlayStation, but again, it's one of those things where it's like it had this resurgence because of the way it let friends interact with one another. And yeah, I think that moment of them, AOC and Ilan Omar playing is going to be like a very watershed moment for the way that like politicians deal with video games um, in a way that will probably be really important going forward. Um, But sort of to bring it back to this generation and this year, you know, sort of as we were all alluding to PlayStation 5 came out in the end and it had this amazing lineup and it was Spider-Man and Sackboy and Astros and um, Demon Souls and great third party games like Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And it, it was like this great lineup that I'm still working my way through and that I'm going to be spending the days off that we have coming up probably just you know, really diving into all those games, I, you know, this is my first uh, launch of a console working professionally in the industry. So I'm I'm curious to hear from all of you. But like in terms of how launches go, I thought this was you know at the outside world notwithstanding a pretty incredible launch of a playstation console like what we got the the games there are definitely some funky hardware issues going on my ps5 i swear crashes at least once a night Um, really five has been not great
2: cyberpunk Um, or is it the ps5
0: it's it's just Hmm. like playing uh anything from like watching netflix to playing assassins to playing spider-man like it is never one thing that crashes it It just crashes all the time um and i've seen other people report this but like there are there are console hardware issues we'll probably be you know seeing the results of in the year to come but i'm curious to hear from all of you like i thought this was a pretty awesome launch like how does it how does it feel now in retrospect now that we're a few weeks past it from all of you
3: i mean it 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 feels surreal that we got the 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 launch games that we did like when there was like uh, to to put it bluntly like I feel like if, in, in previous generations and previous consoles if you got a launch half this good you were you know um, inundated with joy uh, and this time around like when when they certified Demon Souls and there was like that glimmer of hope that it could be a launch like a day one game I was like you real you guys are gonna put you might put this like hardcore <laughs> from soft game like this really on day 1 and right. it was there but it was there alongside uh so many other great games and then also like having stuff like Astro's Playroom which is like easily cracked my top 5 of the year. I platinumed it. It was a phenomenal phenomenal game. Just absolute pure joy, like just a, a incredible case study of what this new hardware and new controller could do. Um, and just to have that as like pack-in software, just like kind of sitting on your hard drive. Uh, and like Sackboy's Big Adventure is a blast. Uh, like Spider-Man is fantastic. Like there were just so many really fun, cool games at launch that I was, I I I've, I've never really experienced anything like that. Usually you get like one game that's on that level, but I feel like we got like four or five games this time around, not including third-party stuff.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. I think it's been an incredibly strong launch for PlayStation. Um, it is, it has been marred, uh, by the, the, the shortage, um, issue, you know, that's even been spoofed on SNL. Mm-hmm. Like when it gets spoofed on SNL, you know, it's kind of gone mainstream. Um, but, uh, you know, aside from that, it's, it's, it's been, incredible really it's definitely one of the strongest launches i remember i don't remember being so psyched by a launch lineup ever i mean you know i i keeping in mind i i my first uh console was a sega mega drive when i was a very little kid um but yeah i i think it's been it's been great for sony i think uh ultimately the the you know all of the snl stuff is only gonna help drive home that this is something that people really want i just hope that ultimately people are able to get their hands on this thing because it is it is definitely worth it
2: yeah i feel like just comparatively to the, the ps4 launch which the ps4 obviously great system but at launch it was kind of underwhelming you know like there was right. there was what there was like Rezogun gun and five and five like five. a hand of, yeah, a handful
1: of th- yeah, it. everyone just Black Flag, right? because yeah. it was like the one game that kind of
2: both I, systems could play. Yeah, and I didn't even play it for some reason. I don't know why. I and so I missed out on that. So I was just like, "Resogun's okay, I guess." I think I was playing like Blacklight Retribution or something because it was free. <laughs> but like, I mean, the thing is, we argue back and forth about like which console is better or like which does which. And at the end of the day, the console by itself is a boring, useless thing unless you have cool games to play on it right and the ps5 like had some really really good ones just to have those at launch and you know the fact that like yeah the supply stuff sucks and anybody who couldn't get a ps5 that's a huge bummer um and then on the flip side like a lot of them were cross-platform so if you really wanted to get in on this like there was there was that option too and um yeah i mean even for like for people playing for series x like obviously there's not as much of a you know exclusive launch lineup but like the the fact that they've got Game Pass on that side, I mean, the fact that there's the PlayStation Plus collection for people on PS5, like it's just a. I feel like this was a pretty pretty wonderful launch to just kind of be like, you know, at the at the very least, like there's just there's so much out there to play, you know, like even <laughs> it, even if you don't even yeah. jump on the launch itself, like there's just a, a really a good clump of games around, you know, around the launch. Yeah, um,
1: I, yeah I, like I totally agree, and I think it. I think for me the Series X feels like a future investment. It feels like an investment, right? Like you buy the machine and it's like, you know, it's going to be worth it in a, in a, in a year or so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry, is, I mean, Xbox that's, is, the you know, that's the reality. Yeah. Like, that's, like that's, yeah. That, yeah, like that is... Whereas the PS5, I mean, you know, we can't be too hyperbolic. There's, It was a great launch lineup, but it wasn't, you know, it's, it's not like we got Horizon 2 at no, launch. Right. Um, I mean,
2: Demon's Souls is pretty pretty f-word impressive um right it's also really f-word hard so i'm not like (laughs) like i'm kind of i've definitely like tucked my tail between my legs and been like i'm gonna go and play sack boy instead because that's not scary well um but
1: what i what i think though just to finish my thought is what i think is that the ps5 came in fully realized it was like i'm f-word here this, I'm, can we, we're, we're continuing this, right? This inward. Thank yeah. um, like, you. People don't know, know like, what that word is. Like they fill in that they blank. They don't. No, they don't. Um, it's like you know. It, 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 it was. I am. I am functiously here, um, and you know here is the proof of concept, right? Like it delivered on that. And I think that that is a remarkable achievement. Like it feels like we're playing a next-gen machine.
3: There was also um, a lot of uncertainty this year. And I think still to some degree of how that console would communicate with this sort of like the soul of the PS4 and your save right. files and your, you know, they like M- Max and I did a video about like the, the Miles Morales, like upgrade cross save Spider-Man remastered thing. And it's still pretty confusing. You know, it's so hard to explain to the average consumer. Um, But uh, the way it turned out was I just plugged an Ethernet cable from my PS4 to my PS5 and transferred everything over. And, you know, some things got lost in the process. And, you know, it's it's still on a sort of game by game basis and publisher by publisher basis to see which saves and and such carry over. Uh, But all in all to like have my library of my PS4 games for the most part right there. Um, and then a bunch of new PS5 games. It felt it felt fresh and new, but also comforting, which I don't feel like we had that with the PS4 launch. Um, the PS3 and the PS4 didn't really communicate on, in the same way. They they were sort of like there was kind of a divide between those universes. And now I feel like oh, they're they're actually building a legacy here too. I think also, and not to keep harping on it, but the way Astro's Playroom um, sort of Looked back at the history of PlayStation and celebrated it outside of being a phenomenal platformer to have it sort of be like double as this museum and this this sort of historical celebration of this, this, this console line that I'd been playing since, you know, my, my whole life basically uh, was so cool. Like that's It was
1: such a Nintendo move. Yes. But I loved it.
0: Yes. The most Nintendo thing I think that's come out of PlayStation. Mm-hmm. It's but like in a great way. Like yeah. if you're gonna ape and you know steal from someone, that's a pretty good like uh place to steal from. But yeah, I, I completely agree. Having that there um as someone who has, you know, had since the original PlayStation and stuck through even in the days of the PS3 where things were not so bright, uh, uh, you know, uh, general opinion wise of PlayStation um, going into that generation. But to see them carry everything through and include stuff as obvious as the PS4 to the GPS edition you could put on your PSP, like it was such a fun look back, but also a look forward because it proved what the DualSense can do. And I think the DualSense was one of those big questions of we kept hearing developers say, this is going to make you feel the games like it's going to immerse you in a different way and it's very easy to hear a lot of people tell you that but then to have it in your hands and have it prove that it works that well uh was a phenomenal thing in the case of astros and yeah yeah for me just to like speak to the launch lineup i think lucy i totally agree with you that like these are it's all great games don't want to be too hyperbolic and be like these will be the best games the ps5 will ever see but i think like if we got everything that we got on launch day as like a single year in playstation 4 we'd be like that was a pretty good year for the playstation 4 like to get sackboy Mm -hmm. and demon souls and miles and astros like all on day one uh that's a pretty good year that we got crammed into one day um and yeah it, it was nice i think saying you know fully realized versus the investment that xbox is is a really good apt comparison where like PS5 on day one, a lot of great games that were new, but also so much to look back on. And I, I do think it's worth giving credit. Can't wait for the sound bites to be clipped out, but I do think it's worth giving credit to Xbox and like the amount of work and effort they put into saying how important the back catalog and library is. I mm-hmm. do think put some pressure on PlayStation to make sure the PS5 was backward compatible with the PS4 because that has not been their worry this generation.
3: Yeah, no competition is good. It's a very good thing. It, it, Like the lack of it, you know, sort of breeds complacency. And I think that like having a little fire under everyone's asses made everyone go, Oh yeah. Like we got to step it up a little bit. And I appreciate that. I've turned both of those consoles on every single day, sometimes multiple times a day since, since I purchased them on, on their launch days and I'm, I'm so happy they're both, they're both here. And I hope that like the competition heats up even more because like that's that's going to yield a, a greater product and server, a set of services for the consumers.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think also I'm, I'm really I'm really relieved that like I know the PS5 came out. It was very weird looking and they were like, we're going <laughs> to show you the UI, but all the weird stuff it does. I was like kind of nervous that this was going to try to reinvent the wheel too much. And it was going to be sort of a PS3 situation where it was just like so special at doing its own thing that it made it incompatible. But clearly, that's not really the case. And it seems like they put. You know, they put little rounded corners on the on the icons and got rid of, you know, theme backgrounds. Like it's pretty much the same thing. Oh, and they switched what the PS button does, which I I don't know (laughs) about. I screw that up probably. I'm still I'm still
1: not used to it. Like, I'm so pleased that you said that because I am still not used to it. I'm still like, oh, how do I turn you off? Yeah, yeah, when you hold them down, you know, yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, oh, my God. Uh, every time I go to rest mode, I'm just like, wait, wait it's the, oh, you got to go down and over to the, and then down again to the, oh, got it. Okay, cool.
0: It's one of those things. I kind of like heard TV. they change
1: it back. I know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, how did they, when they were not testing this, they've all been using PS4s. They should know it was weird. <laughs> that feels like a really weird mess, but yeah, it, um, right. Yeah, it, it did feel, I think, I, I totally had that you know we there were a lot of definitely internal debates i think on the ign staff of like okay do we like how the ps5 looks do we think it looks stupid do we like that we think it looks stupid like there was a lot of that back and forth
1: do we like it ironically yeah, exactly
0: <laughs> and you know it is still definitely this towering giant to the left of my television that every time i look at my tv it is there in the peripheral and mm. i do not have a cabinet that can store it well
3: I, but but I still think it looks completely stupid sideways. It just looks yeah, so dumb. Yeah. Did you guys see the? I don't. We didn't get to talk. I don't know if you guys talked about this the other day. Uh, Herman Hulse tweeted a picture of his cat attacking his television while he was playing PS Five, and he had his disc version of the PS Five underneath the TV upside down. So you would have to what? put the disc in upside down, and then he deleted the tweet not to call you out. You're a great dude. I, I like,
0: <laughs> but. Putting Herman on blast. No, he's awesome. I worked I no, with him I a couple
3: know. years ago. He's awesome. Um, yeah. He deleted it and cropped out the PS Five and put the picture back up. And he's like, my my cat keeps attacking my TV when I'm playing PlayStation. Uh, awesome. I, th- I think no, there's no real like understanding of where to. I have the digital one, and if you try to put it sideways on its stand,
2: it's just, it's just like, it, I don't know. It's it's like a walrus on a diving board. <laughs> like it's just kind of like, oh. <laughs> you can make a machine that's that has all that stuff inside it and has the removable plates that isn't shaped like that. Yeah. Like that was yeah. entirely a conscious decision. It also is really reassuring that like the head of Sony studios also maybe puts discs in upside down. <laughs> like I, I just, that.
1: yeah. I mean, like for me, I so don't know what to do with it. And also I don't have a cabinet that's big enough to store it. So what I've done is I've got this tiny little cabinet that the TV sits on. And then I've got this old rickety little t- piece of shit cabinet that I stole from, well, I didn't stole, I took it and asked <laughs> from my friend's garage That he picked up from Burning Man, so it's just like (laughs) like this really old Burning Man furniture with this like ridiculous Homer Simpson car on top of it, and that's kind of just how it is for now until I figure out a solution.
3: It's, it's such a it's, it's such a funny console. I, so, I yeah. appreciate the hell out of it. Like when you see it in that big room in Astros, where all the other consoles are there, you're like, "Wow, you're weird as hell! <laughs> like, what are you doing in it's here?" So
1: I, weird.
0: I think we can all confidently agree the digital edition stood up, you know, vertically is the best looking version of any yes. of these things. Like that looks like the design they had and they were like, where the hell do we put the discs? Okay, just slap that on the side of it and there you go. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, <laughs> they really did just slap it on the side. It was just like ah shit. All right. it's a weird move. It
2: could have also just made the whole thing a little bit fatter and then it would have been I don't I don't know. It would have just looked like a big sandwich.
3: I have have so I don't think about side. And the other side you could put you could store, I don't know, cookies
2: or something, you know, like <laughs> Yeah, then it would
1: have looked like an Opalova.
2: It would have been an Opalova. <laughs> yeah, no, we. So I don't want to spoil this too much, but Brian and I have been uh, customizing our PlayStations for a video we'll hopefully put up some next year. I guess at this point, um, I I made mine look like a, a giant taco. Like I've I made the the plates yellow, and I put vinyl stuff on the inside, so it looks like it's got like tomatoes and lettuce and cheese and stuff, and. If you if if it's possible to make that thing look any stupider, I definitely accomplish that. Like, well, it's it just- also,
3: you showed me pictures of it; and it's great. But since you have the disc version, it's like a taco with that somebody hid like a, a hard boiled egg <laughs> inside. Yeah. it's just
2: got it's a weird. Point. It's a weird choice. But
1: uh, can you send it to me, Max? Can you Yeah, send yeah me I'll now? show you.
2: It's, it's But yeah, I also I don't. I've had to move it back and forth a lot, so I haven't put it inside my my cabinet or my entertainment center. It it barely fits, and I'm afraid it's going to overheat in there, but I've had it just propped up next to the, the, on the floor. Um, And I realized it was, like, way too close to the Christmas tree, and I was terrified of, like, needles falling off and getting sucked into the vents and, like, (laughs) catching fire or whatever. Like, I don't, that's a weird problem to have, you know, Mm -hmm. like, just to have it, to have that big holes in the top of it. I have
0: definitely worried more, I think, about the, like, the sturdiness of the console. Like it's obviously, it's pretty hefty. Like it is not like a light thing, but it it is something where I think I have worried more about it staying in good condition than I have past consoles. And I don't know if that's just the, like the newness factor of it and how weird it looks compared to everything else. But I I have definitely had that thought too, of like, I check it every day to be like, is there dust hanging on the sides? Like, do I need to help clear anything off? Like do you're like
1: a helicopter parent. Yeah, Yeah.
3: I, I took the plates off of mine and brought them to an auto body shop and asked them to paint them black with like like metallic black car paint and it was super weird because yeah it took like that's part of the video max and i are working on right uh but it it took like five days for them to do it because it was like the holidays and apparently uh people are just getting in. long story short people are getting in tons of accidents this year because there's less people on the road so everyone's going faster and so when they get in accidents they're way worse than they used to be when people went slow and like there's less fender benders and more like oh shit i blew up my car Uh, (laughs) so (laughs) god sorry sorry it's not very funny but so i i brought the plates in and uh the guys behind the counter were like what is this uh is this the playstation 5 and i was like yeah and they're like you took it apart and I was like, well, the, the the things come off the sides and then you can paint them. And he was like, You didn't like the color it was? And I was like, No. And he's like, okay, we'll come back in five days. So for five days, I didn't have any plates on the side of my PS5. And I tweeted a picture of this like weird naked PlayStation. And it looks cool. Like it it kind of looks awesome. Like you can see the exposed vents on the side. And so then I put the plates back on and it's got this like amazing, shiny metallic black look. And that those parts never get dust dust just does not like i don't know what they make cars out of but dust is just not interact I,
1: but that, i'm sorry but i've just got such a vivid picture of this auto body dude. oh
3: dude it's, he's like so you great. didn't
1: you didn't like the color it was okay <laughs> it was so- come back in five days <laughs> it was so
3: great. i'm just standing in there i got this like you know my covid mask on and i'm just holding these these huge like surfboards and i'm just like can you guys paint these because i got this new toy that people can't buy but i don't like the color can you do it for me and they're like yeah, I guess it, it, it was awesome. So like the middle part collects dust like crazy, but the sides yeah. just straight up don't
0: crazy. So it's, it's fun. That does look speak out for that to that video. I, I'm excited for that video, but that does. I'm I really do hope we get a like as silly as it is, like the Xbox 360, like faceplate you could change. I do hope mm-hmm. they do that because I one of the things about the limited edition consoles that they put out this past generation for PS4 is like, it's cool. They Some of them look really awesome, but I'm not going to spend Six thousand dollars to buy the same console over and over and over again to just keep getting different colors, like to be able to switch My
1: that stuff out. Question is, Dorno? Yes. I used to work at EB Games uh during the 360 era, uh and I did not see a single faceplate that they were selling in that store that wasn't but ugly. Sorry.
3: <laughs> Why did we censor the F word for forty-five minutes straight just to say that? Just probably the worst use of the F word. <laughs> I'm, sorry. Wait, I'm so now sorry, the sorry,
2: Xbox bro. fans are gonna clip that out and we're gonna get we're gonna get in trouble. We out the F word six times and then <laughs> you just
0: <laughs> <laughs> What the f- <laughs> What the fork, Lucy? Come on. Um No, I agree. Xbox 360 Faith Place. We're ugly. They were frickin' gross, but the I do only, hope
2: <laughs> frick ugly. Frick ugly. <laughs> the only one I remember seeing was I think it was floating around the IGN offices or somewhere I used to work or something. <laughs> it was like a limited edition one for some really whimsical, flowery JRPG. And if you recall the Xbox 360 wasn't really renowned for a lot of JRPGs, I feel like. And so not. especially in the sort of faceplate era. So this was like esoteric and hideous and i just like i I, I, can't, I can't even remember like the different verse if they put out the thing with the, the the ps5 sides or whatever the plates whatever if they put out ones that are a different texture or different like surface i would be super into it like i would pay 50 bucks if they put one out that was like Chiseled and like like if it looked like the Cybertruck or whatever, like it had like rigid angles as opposed to like curved ones, or if they put one that was like, hey, it looks like it's made of rocks and it's got runes all over it for God of War, I'd be like, Yeah, rocks. But I I mean, I feel like they're at the at the most just gonna put out, like, we made blue ones, and it's like, I don't even like that color blue. What are you doing? Did you guys see the the Philly series five?
1: No, no.
3: So uh the Philadelphia Cream Cheese Company. Um, which is always the best oh, way to stop. Okay, so, that yeah. wasn't
1: where I, yeah. I, I thought you were going. Okay. They made
3: they made this thing for five dollars called the Philly Series Five, which I totally would have ordered, but I missed. Um, and it's a it's a kit with like $35 worth of stuff in it, but it's it was five dollars and they would mail it to you. And it you make a basically a chocolate uh and cream cheese, cheesecake that looks like the PS5 and it serves like 32 people. And it's, you make these two huge like cream cheese slabs. Yeah. And then there's like this big cookie cake in the middle. And all these people started getting, I was looking at their Reddit uh, the other, the PS5 Reddit yesterday. And all these people are getting them and building them. So all these people have these like weird, cream cheese ps5s right now and there are some people being like i couldn't get the real console but this will have to do for the rest of 2020
0: i just put a photo in uh into the (laughs) beyond so i I really like my favorite thing about this is the box the box has this text at the bottom that goes the philly series 5 is not a video game console and is in no way associated with any video game console or its creators however it does taste way better than a video game console ever could
2: that's (laughs) right. A, oh I, I, I saw that a while ago. I thought that was just like one of those sort of, you know, hip social media photoshops, like when Arby's is like, look, we drew Goku with ketchup or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I didn't know they were actually like mailing cream cheese to people. Yeah. That's, that's a lot of really I mean,
1: it's really cl- like that's clever marketing. Mm-hmm. That's clever. <laughs> but, also, but, like, but, no, that's disgusting. Like that is like at
2: Oreo like that. Why did Philly have to step up to do that when you've got like Oreo over there with obvious they could have done something like that in a heartbeat.
1: Well, that would be Oreo?
3: Yeah, the reverse Oreo that that would
1: have strange. <laughs> I mean, but, but, like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do with a PlayStation 5? load of cream cheese like oh, how do you eat that like how do you eat how do you go about eating that is my question apparently do you the just have it
3: is gigantic too like people got it in the mail and they're like oh my god this is it's gonna
1: <laughs> go bad so fast it's gonna be like a homer's uh, sandwich yeah. situation where like people are like you know first few days mm, and then it's just gonna be like this horrible flies buzzing around that Lucy, I I don't don't know how many
3: 32 people, and most people don't have 32 people in their home right now, or shouldn't. I don't know
2: about you guys. I've been eating probably four or five cheesecakes a week during quarantine. (laughs) That's true. Like, I, I think 32 is that's that's being you know pretty optimistic. That's that's like a problem. That's a that's a, that's a three-seater, you know, three mm-hmm. sitting downs to eat the that's, cheesecake. That's oh. the suggested serving. You could probably just eat it all on your own. Now um, I want to make, make
0: like an Xbox Series X lasagna that's just <laughs> <laughs> well, Just poke a bunch of holes like in the top of it. Oh, God. These consoles are weird. It's fun to have them, but they are weird. Um, to somehow bring it all back to PlayStation. Sorry about one, that. No, no. This is, this is yes. what this type of episode is for. Uh, launch was great. I'm excited for 2021. we got a lot of really cool games on the way. Uh, I feel like we also, though, should uh, talk about, um, I think, the two big PS5 things and then just to move to PS4 quickly. Uh, As we've mentioned, like, the pre-order debacle was nothing short of that. It was a debacle and still is in the attempts to purchase one, like... I think it wouldn't hurt so bad had the Sony uh, head of marketing, forgive me, Eric Limple, for not remembering your exact title, but for coming out and being like, it won't be a surprise. We won't do that to you. And then for it to be a surprise two hours after that PS5 reveal was nothing short of a catastrophe. The only thing, the only upside to it was maybe it prevented bots that day from getting it. But obviously, scalpers and bots have had plenty of success getting PS5 since. Um, there
3: was, If you didn't get in that afternoon, it has been... A struggle for you for the rest of the year. Like that afternoon, if you happened to be looking at your computer and you weren't asleep in Europe because it was like the middle of the night, um, then you were good to go. I, we were we were extraordinarily lucky here. Not, luck, not lucky, but in California, uh, we had like level, you know, nine thousand uh, smoke, and so I couldn't go outside. I was I was in a cabin in tahoe i brought all my video equipment to yeah. help host the show with you guys and um i couldn't go outside so i was just inside on my laptop and i just kept refreshing websites and all of a sudden one retailer was like hey screw it we're selling ps5s
2: and all the rest were like oh yeah us too and Wasn't that gamestop they were just like they're, they're like we're gonna announce these are gonna go up for pre-order next tomorrow morning gamestop's like renegade that
1: Walmart was like winky face.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they did it. The bird. Yeah, they did it so like cool kid like we're going to just go ahead. Mm. We're Walmart cuz like again, they were the biggest um, you know, North American retailer. Of course they're probably not going to be stopped from doing this, but it was a dick move and it yeah. it led to this avalanche of just spotty timing and awkward release schedules and as we got a memory card in a couple weeks ago someone being able to wake up at 1 a.m when their child was you know crying and be able to log on and accidentally just wind up with the ps5 like there was no what a heartwarming story (laughs) there still isn't and it's like obviously we are hindered by the fact that people can't go out to stores or shouldn't be going out to stores to get these things. Um, Mm. And hopefully this is an issue that gets resolved over the next year. But like, I do, I do definitely feel for everyone who tried and just was unable to, because it wasn't their fault. It it was a bad, poorly communicated call that just went everywhere. And it was, Mm -hmm. it, it was a catastrophe. And then, I feel like the other thing that came up as sort of a like mini controversy around the launch, and I, I do think it's worth addressing because we mentioned it, like if you didn't get a PS5, there were a lot of cross-gen games at launch with like Sackboy and Miles and Horizon will be uh, cross-play as well. But people were really upset about that because of the fact that Sony spent so long saying we believe in generations and we're moving on to PS5. And I think at the end of the day, having those games on ps4 also was not a cyberpunk situation where there is a huge detrimental gap between the two generations Mm -hmm. and it only let more people play really fun games
1: but i I think although we we, we're you know we're guessing on horizon's part of course although the, the the one the one positive thing about horizon is that they've obviously worked on the ps4 there's obviously a whole like you know world already built on the ps4 i can't imagine it would be as much of a debacle as the cyberpunk debacle
0: i I think the only thing that um annoyed me because i think at the end of the day it let more people play these great games and there's nothing wrong with that i think the only thing that uh, is like rightly to be a little uh, annoyed with playstation is the fact that they just spent so long selling the idea that they were just going to jump ship and really putting the impetus on players to be like, oh, I need a PS five or I'm not going to be these to get these things. And uh, leaning in, I think a little bit to the console war fights that happened where PlayStation was like, we're going all in on next gen. And Xbox is like, it doesn't matter where you go. And then to suddenly be like, no, it doesn't matter here either, was a little bit of just like a why message that way.
1: But it was totally whiplash because, yeah. you know, on the one hand, I, I sort of understand why Sony wanted to be, you know, next gen is the thing. But on the other hand, you know, the, the, the install base for PS4 is so huge. It's kind of weird that that was the messaging in the first place and not surprising that ultimately it was kind of trodden back a little bit
3: yeah and i mean going hand in hand with the just you know vast inability for most consumers to secure a console i think it was mm-hmm. a fantastic decision that people weren't sidelined watching you know us elites playing you know Ugh, miles know.
1: yeah <laughs> yeah sitting no there problem. on a like thrones of cream cheese yeah. <laughs> ps5s well, and
3: Sorry, go ahead. No, it's just that we are seeing that with Demon Souls, and, like, I, mm-hmm. I I, frequently forget that that is not a cross-gen game. I mean, it is if you play the ancient, ancient version of it, but, like, I was, you know, I made, like, Shrek, and I tweeted out a picture of him, like, running around in Demon Souls, and... Tons of people were like, man, I wish I could play that. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. This one is sort of like safeguarded from the previous gen, but all the rest uh, are mostly cross gen. And so people were able to play Miles and, you know, Sackboy and stuff like that, but they can't play Demon Souls. They can't play, uh, you know, Astros. Like it's, it's still kind of hit or miss.
0: It makes sense because they do want to, you know, give people a reason to buy these consoles slash to feel like they're hundreds of dollars was a value that you couldn't get otherwise but yeah it like in hindsight it absolutely makes sense that the sequel to the best-selling superhero game of all time and one of the best-selling playstation exclusives ever would still be on the console that has as you guys said a hundred plus million people to possibly buy it like to only make such a widely mass appeal game for a couple million people for the next mm-hmm. few months would just not financially make sense and so like at the end of the day these are companies they are businesses and they have to think about that and so i i think it was just it, it was sort of another in the line of weird messaging we got from sony this year whether it was like silent messaging or like flip-flopping messaging things were just weird in how they communicated stuff this year um i think even before the pandemic changed how everything got communicated there was just always a little bit of weirdness coming out of how we were approaching this gen from sony um yeah. But just to to also look back quickly before we run out of time, I did also, of course, want to mention, like, even if you do still only have a PS4 or if you spent most of your year with the PS4, this year... Was incredible for the PS4. Like I think this is probably one of, if not the best, overall years of exclusives for PS4. We had Dreams and Final Fantasy VII Remake and the latest MLB The Show, uh, Neo Two, I believe, was this year as well. Uh, and then of course the Last of Us Part Two and Ghost of Tsushima, uh, plus the cross-gen stuff like Spidey and Sackboy. Like this was a phenomenal year from the begin, like from February when Dreams and Neo came out, through to the end. It was just. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> If the PS5 had been delayed till 2021, we would still be reflecting at right now at this point, going, This has been one of the best years in the history of PlayStation. Like I agree. if for if you loved like I, I'm lucky in that I love The Last of Us and I love Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima was my game of the year. I voted for it every every chance I could. Didn't win, but you know, had to throw out some love. Um to me, that was on par with getting God of War and Spider-Man back-to-back in 2017, 2018. Yeah, like that one-two punch of like these, these two just juggernaut exclusives that, you know, hit me in completely different ways. Like one just sheer fun and the other emotionally. Um, yeah, just just an awesome, awesome year for, for PS4.
1: Yeah. 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 Like, I, I mean, the, the just that The Last of Us by itself was such an incredible experience. You know, I know it's a divisive game. Um, certainly told that enough on, online. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I thought it was an, an incredible uh, game. Um, and I, it was, when did it come out? The very beginning of the year? Like February? Last of Us? Uh, it was 27 June. months ago. Oh, God. It feels so much longer. <laughs> yeah, um, Last of Us was but, you know, like, just such an incredible game. And then, you know, to have all this other stuff alongside it. Uh, incredible. Yeah. It, it's been an amazing year to be a PS4 owner.
3: Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you, if you didn't like The Last of Us and you ran a YouTube channel, ooh, what a year you had. You had just... <laughs> I mean, just well to just beat that thing that you didn't like to, and just soar with subscribing, thats a huge, huge year. So, good, good job putting in that work. <sighs>
0: yeah. But it was it was a great year for um, being able to have like a, a swan song year. Like the PlayStation has said they're going to continue supporting the PS4 for a couple more years. And we do, we already know like a bunch of cross-gen stuff coming either first or third party when it comes to Horizon Forbidden West or things like Gotham Knights like, next year. Like we are still going to get PS4 support, but as they be like final calendar year that it really got to own it was what a way to go out like just what a phenomenal Mm -hmm. consistent lineup um and i think even in spite of the weird quietness from sony like around that like i do i do think you know the last of us and ghost got all the attention and um you know some of it was obviously tied to the PS5 reveal but it sure would have been nice to like have spidey and sackboy and stuff like dreams get more of a spotlight but um you know dreams continues to do amazing stuff uh and the community still is incredible and i can't wait to see as it grows with PS5 but it's yeah, it-
1: And Dorno, just, just thank you for, for continuing to champion dreams. I feel like it's definitely uh, something that's a bit forgotten considering it was in a a, a beta state for so long. Um, but it is such an incredible achievement, um, and experience and, you know, continual shout out to that community for being so creative and bananas and smart and talented. It's yeah. I, I hope that dreams has a long life.
2: Subreddit just makes me feel like the dumbest, most ham fisted, <laughs> talentless moron who's ever yeah, existed. Yeah, Cause like <laughs> I'll go so be like, anyway, I made Cyberpunk. I'm like, you've f- <laughs> <laughs> figured out how to make handguns work in VR and they're realistic now. It's like stop come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's
3: consistently impressive. Like especially yeah. seeing um like short clips and screenshots and videos like show up on social media where you're like, you do that thing, you're like, oh dude, what is that game? Oh, it's it's dreams.
1: How it's made in dreams. How yeah. did you do
0: that? Yeah, it's it's incredible, and it, it comes from such a strong community. And like, uh, props to Media Molecule for being so supportive of that community. Like they very yeah. they very smartly lean into that and are aware of how much that game is based on the community. And the, mm-hmm. the way they support it is phenomenal. And the way they've continued to, whether it's like uh, the impies, the awards they do for it, or um, just the various spotlights that they do, it, it's incredible to see happen. And I think is so unlike anything. That is happening with other PlayStation first party developers. Not that those other developers aren't amazing, but they don't have to support such an ongoing type of game. Uh, mm-hmm. And so to see what Media Molecule does is really awesome. And I really do hope it continues to have a great life on PS5. But yeah, it just all, you know, all the way through the year to have stuff like that, to have stuff from third parties like Final Fantasy VII Remake um, earlier in the year to Last of Us and Ghost and then to the end of this year. It's just been. It has been such a consistently awesome year and then even stuff like god fall guys and it just like popping up in the in august to kind of like inject life into uh the multiplayer communities is it it just was consistently fun and consistently thrilling to have a ps4 this year um and ps5 feels like it's set up for that next year um i don't know about all you but like ps5 really does feel like it's going to have a pretty amazing 2021 even if we see some delays but after 2021, it's sort of like wide open. Like, I have no okay. idea where we go.
2: <laughs> I'm really curious to see what they do. Like, because obviously they're going to, you know, release, you know, c- cross launch stuff. And we kind of saw this. We saw like a half measure with this when the PS4 Pro came out. And they'd be like, you know, it'd say like footage captured on PS4 Pro or be like, oh, here's what it looks like. This is going to be 4K HDR and all that, which wouldn't be possible on a base PS4. I wonder if we're going to see a similar thing or if they're going to be more just over where they're like on ps4 only this thing happens or like there's this exclusive feature only on here or if it's just going to be they show the prettiest version on ps5 mm-hmm.
0: I, I think we were, we were talking about that uh, earlier this week last week for listeners uh, and lucy can attest to this but we were talking sort of about i th- hope hoping that cyberpunk will change that and lead to more transparency yeah. where i think like when you are dealing with cross-generation stuff like players are just so burned by not having seen the PS4 and Xbox One versions that I think they need to show when those are cases of major games. Like they have to show Horizon running on a PS4. Right. Yeah,
1: agreed, um, agreed. I, th- I think I think Cyberpunk will hopefully change the conversation. Um, it's become such a, a, a sort of cautionary tale at this point um, that moving forward, all of these cross-gen games, uh, I think that as, as Dorno said, there needs to be Absolute transparency because otherwise they're going to get so burned, so burned. Um, So I really hope moving forward that that is going to be the case.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, in the meantime, like we still don't have a definitive date on when the actual like next gen versions of cyberpunk come out, like we're getting them next year, right? Like there will be a dedicated PS5 version of that game next year. And I saw a lot of like discussion about how, you know, it's, you know, console owners fault for expecting that game to look great on last gen. But there's there's a lot of games that are uh, that run on PS4, the base PS4 and the PS4 Pro that look amazing, you know, like stuff Mm -hmm. like Red Dead and, you know, uh, The Last of Us, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, there are some really, really beautiful games there. And so I think you guys are right. I really hope there's this leads to more transparency when it comes to cross gen ports and stuff like that or, you know, Eventually there will be that d- defining moment where uh major companies kind of cut their losses and they go, well, we're going to, or cut their profits and go, Hey, we're going to leave last gen behind. Like that will yeah. start to happen at some point,
2: but I, d- I don't think that's going to happen immediately. Yeah. I, I mean, this is, this is like a selfish demand. And like, obviously I'm glad that PS4 is being supported, but I do hope that they have like really stupid, like bonus stuff that's only on PS5. And they like talk about like the dual sense does this or like, Oh, it's, I don't know, it doesn't have load times or they have a special exclusive hat or like, I don't know. I just think that would be they're gonna, I mean, they're going to have to do something to like to try to, you know, motivate people to get the I mean, clearly they don't because everyone wants to get a PS5. But like, you know, for people who aren't ready to jump ship from PS4, it's going to be curious to see how they try to like, you know, when they're like, we believe in generations. Just kidding. We're continuing to release right. PS4 games for the next three years. OK, well, what do you do to make PS5 seem appealing right like, I, I really hope
3: uh, developers take advantage of the DualSense. That's uh, yeah. honestly that would make me so happy next year to see every third-party game really take that extra step and pay attention to that controller because it's it's incredible and it does some really really cool stuff. And I I hope they fine-tune and, and tailor every third-party game for it. I mean, Call of Duty did it right, and like
1: yeah, like and, I, but, but- I mean, Altano, I think it was you that actually said like uh, the dual sense is, is almost a, a, a defining piece of tech for people who like for people who are like, okay, I can choose to play this third party game on either console, which one am I going to choose? I think the dual sense is, is going to be a deal breaker for a lot of people, because yes. if devs um, actually take advantage of that tech in the way that, you know, that we saw with Call of Duty, um, It's going to be the go-to, it could make the PS5 the go-to console for all third-party games, right?
3: It's, it's why I bought Cyberpunk on PS5, um, despite my better judgment. And also, it seems anecdotally it's running better on Series X. Uh, they're not experiencing nearly as many crashes we are. There's like performance mode options and such. But I do have a feeling that when I do get that free upgrade for the PS5 version and they dump in a bunch of new DLC and stuff like that, if they pay attention to that and every gun feels cool and, you know, riding around a motorcycle gives me, you know, when I'm driving over grass or, rock, you know, future rocks or whatever they have on the floor of that
2: game, um, it, it'll feel rocks. great, you know? It'll really make me feel like controller. <laughs> I want to see what Kojima does with it because he's going to do something stupid. You know, well, that. he's going to yeah. do
1: something really fun.
0: I like. I've, obviously, I, I love that he has such grand ambitions for huge games, but I would love to see him kind of like hone in on a few smaller games and and see more consistent releases from Kojima Productions that lets us get weird, tinkered with ideas, especially on PlayStation. I feel like that would be great to see. But yeah, we're...
2: we're... You got to take your PS5 outside to get sunlight on it so you can kill the vampires with your laser gun.
0: I've been thinking about Bakta a lot for some reason recently. I don't know it's been why. It's a weird year. Yeah, it's been a really yeah, because I can't go out and play Baktai in the sun. Um, but yeah, it's uh definitely it's one really, of
3: the biggest the biggest downfalls of twenty twenty twenty
0: twenty not being able to use my copy of Baktai as I should. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's really, really exciting to like be on the precipice of so much unknown. Like we do have a lot of great games to look forward to in twenty twenty one, but it is like we don't know where the dual sense is gonna go. We don't know where games beyond the beyond the the few games we do have announced for next year are going to go it is such a thrilling exciting time to be at the precipice and i'm so glad that despite all of the shit of this year the the <laughs> ps5 launch was so fun and so exciting mm-hmm. if you were able to get your hands on one but uh, even with with not being able to for those out there the ps4 still did have such a phenomenal year and i think was for me at least and i think for a lot of us games were such a saving grace to have this year Um, So just to sort of like wrap everything up, thank you. To all of the devs out there, whether or not you're listening, like, thank you for working through these extreme times and bringing us these amazing experiences. Thank you to the devs also who have spent their time with us on the show. Thank you um, you know, from the teams at Naughty Dog and Insomniac and Media Molecule to everyone who's stopped by the show to the, the Snacks team. Um, thank you to everyone who's spent a little bit of your time talking about these games that we've loved this year with us. Uh, it's been such a joy to be able to have those experiences even when we're not able to see each other in a studio. Um, and I, I guess pretty much just to wrap everything else up. Thank you to all of you guys. Uh, I don't know if there's anything you want to say sort of as we wrap up, but like, I do sincerely mean it outside of a line in my poem, uh, like doing the show every week, even if we're not in the same studio together is such a joy and brings me so much happiness to look forward to every week. Um, whether it's only two of us or all four of us, like it has been such a, a pleasure to be able to continue doing the show with all of you. And I'm, I feel so lucky to be able to do it. Um, as this cast it, it really I means so much
3: totally great it's, it's been an absolute highlight and I love you guys and as um, as Lucy would say um, you guys are fucking awesome <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, Max, Lucy, I don't know if you want to follow up that. I,
2: you can't top that. No, it's, I, I mean I can't that. We used to have this wonderful. You know, we'd we'd go to the same place and do and hang out together, and you know, sometimes we'd record that and make this show. But like, we don't have that anymore. So, everybody who's you know listening at home, thank you for doing that because you give us an excuse to actually hang out, which we don't really get to do anymore. So, cheers to that.
1: Yeah, and and you know, just to echo everything like this this show has been a big grounding point for me in a year that's been very challenging, you know, mental health wise I think for all of us Um, having this kind of regularity and kind of going through all of this with you guys has been a saving grace in 2020, so thank you all.
0: Yeah, it will be it's very interesting to look back on and obviously it was impossible to not let the real life around us seep into the show and I, I do think it is It was a better show for that that we were able to, you know, address the realities of life going on around us in addition to PlayStation like that is what uh, Mm -hmm. doing the show with you all has been so great um, and has afforded us to be able to do so thank you all for that and as everyone said thank you to everyone who has chosen to spend an hour with us each week. We make this show for you. And so for your continued support in such a strange year, especially when probably people didn't listen to nearly as many podcasts or shows, it it means so much. So thank you. Thank you to everyone for that. Had to clear my throat. And uh, also I I just want to again, reiterate, thank you so much to all of our guests uh, over the, past year, you have without a doubt made the show better because of the different insights and the different um, perspectives that you have all brought to the show. and That's going to continue to be a big part of Beyond Going Forward is to have these guests uh, outside of IGN, uh, the staff as well, but of course outside of IGN, continue to help you know, bring us insights that we just wouldn't have otherwise. So thank you to everyone who's been able to make the show better as a result of that um, and has made it, I think, a more welcoming, kind, uh, supportive place. So thank you all so much for that. Um, But I think that's going to pretty much wrap us up for this episode of Podcast Beyond and this year of Podcast Beyond, except for next week. Uh, Please, please tune in. There won't be an audio version if you're an audio listener. There's no audio version, but go to IGN or YouTube next week at the normal time the show goes live Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific for our Bloodborne Let's Play. It oh, yes. uh, was recorded back in March, so long ago. And we were so young,
3: we had no idea.
0: We had no idea. It literally, was I think Well,
1: like a week our hair ago. was different.
0: <laughs> yeah, our hairs were totally different. We, we, mine was were, so much longer. It was just
1: <laughs> mine was much shorter. Uh, it's.
0: It is really fun. I've been watching the the different cuts that Red put together for us. It it is a really really fun, um, a, a drilled down version of our first, uh, you know, and only right now uh, episode. But it was it was such a joy, and I know it's been a long time coming. But it's a really really fun episode. So please 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 go check it out. We are going to figure out ways to continue doing it. It'll just take some time, but we we definitely want to keep that going. But anyway. Uh, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. So thank you so much to everyone who's watched and listened this year. Uh, we, we appreciate it so much. We hope you're all safe. We hope you're all well. Thank you for for your support. Uh, and as always, beyond,
1: beyond, beyond.